The college football season is right around the corner. And to celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly. If you bet $1 or more on any college football game, get to it now. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Yo, what up? Welcome to another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. I'm Patrick, flying solo today. And now that the offseason craziness is pretty much winding down, we went through the pre-draft process, we went through the draft, free agency, summer league. I want to look at next season because I think next season has the chance to be one of the more fascinating, epic seasons we've seen in a long time. Now, that might sound like a lot of hyperbole, exaggeration or whatever, but just hear me out. I actually got 10 reasons why I think it'll be super interesting in terms of storyline, narrative, whatever you want to call it. So number one, the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers will both be title contenders in the same season. Now, I alluded to this a little bit in the previous episode. The Warriors growing up pretty much stunk, right? They made the playoffs a few times, but they were never really, really (laughs) at the top of the Western Conference, let alone the NBA. And by the time they were good, the Lakers stunk. Now, when the Lakers signed LeBron, I was like, oh my gosh, we're going to get this NorCal-SoCal rivalry in the NBA, like legit for the first time in my existence. But then LeBron got hurt. They didn't make the playoffs. Of course, after that, the Warriors had two down seasons. But now, fingers crossed, everybody's healthy. These guys are going to be going at it all season long. And the NBA is going to love that. Sports, marketing, PR, whatever, rivalries drive viewership. So imagine that. Imagine the Lakers and the Warriors battling in the playoffs for a seven-game series. Aaron mentioned in the last episode, we saw that in one game. We saw that in the play-in game that the Warriors lost. And that was intense. You know, that was an intense game at the end of a weird season. But just actually imagine if all the players are involved, all like the major players, if Clay is back, if you have all the dudes that the Lakers signed like Russ in this environment in a series that actually mattered more than just a play in, you know, a play in that LeBron didn't really believe in that Draymond didn't really believe in. So when the stakes are highest, it's not just the Warriors Lakers, it's Steph and LeBron, right? The Lakers pretty much, they inherited the Cleveland side of it, right? And there's so many different parallels. You have these two opposite style players, these two guys who have been the two most popular players of this era, it's built in, you know? Plus you have this Lakers team, which is a bunch of hired guns, rentals, whatever, basically like mercenary free agents who signed versus a Warriors team, which is pretty much homegrown. Yes, there's some free agents and whatever, but their core is still there. The rookies they've drafted are still there. So it'll be a contrast in styles. And I think that will 
definitely be something that the NBA highlights and will focus on. The schedule just came out and the Lakers and the Warriors are playing opening night. That's a gimme. Okay. Reason two, Clay Thompson, the great unknown. For all the stuff that the Warriors have done in the offseason, everybody knows that it all really, really resides on whether or not Clay comes back to like 80%, 90% of who he was before these two devastating injuries. Not to put so much pressure on Clay, but that's just the reality of the situation. If he isn't there to raise the level of play to give Steph that other guy, then we're kind of talking about a different team than the one we've all been imagining for a while. Seeing how he comes back, I mean, that's going to keep my eyes glued to the screen. Plus, he's not going to come back until maybe uh, early 2022, January, you know? I mean, take all the time you need, man. But, like, it's going to be interesting to see how the Warriors organization preps the media, preps fans for what they're seeing internally in their practices, how Clay is coming along, setting expectations. Three, another great unknown for the Golden State Warriors, James Wiseman. Now, if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I'm a huge James Wiseman fan. I believe in that kid. I love homegrown talent. We've never had a center with his abilities. And I think last year, people were way too harsh on him, especially the national media. Recently, like everybody was saying, like, he was a bust, that the Warriors should trade him and try to get a star. They were all for selling low on James Wiseman. It's really easy <laughs> to sell low when it's not your guy, right? Like, oh, yeah, we get rid of him. This narrative, this national narrative of win now and, you know, move the young guys because you got to win now. Like, I think that was overblown. I think that was just momentum of talking heads who don't really pay attention to the team that closely. Yes, there is some truth to it and all, but I don't think there was ever this huge panic within the organization to be like, okay, we, we got to trade the future for like just whatever else we can get, you know? And I'm glad they didn't fingers crossed that they won't because Warriors fandom is littered with terrible trades where you just get the shit end of the stick Unless, of course, you're dealing with Minnesota. But James Wiseman, as I've said, that dude is super talented. He got a raw deal last season. No summer league, no training camp, got COVID, hurt his wrist, tore his meniscus. But every time he had a chance, he got his rhythm, he was looking good. Yes, the coaching staff needs to adjust and figure out how best to use him. And it sucks that he doesn't get any court time. I would have loved to see him in summer league. That would have been mind blowing. I'm super curious how he progresses, you know, because now, I mean, the pressure is lessened on him because everybody thinks he's a bust or at least like people who don't pay attention, but I think he'll be good. I mean, he showed flashes and he just needs to work on his game and improve. The kid was 19 years old in a weird season where he was thrust into the starting lineup. And on that note, number four, the two rookies, Jonathan Kaminka and Moses Moody that the Warriors just drafted. They look great in summer league. Obviously, Moody looks more ready to give the Warriors some spot minutes here and there. Jonathan Kaminga looks like he's probably going to be somebody that needs more development. 
But just like James Wiseman, he's shown tons of flashes. And he's going to come in and blow out games and wow the crowd. All these people who thought Jonathan Kaminga was not worth picking, they're already changing their minds. The people that thought that the Warriors should definitely draft like a win now, Davion Mitchell or a Corey Kispert or whatever. It's like, it's obvious you take best player available in the draft and the Warriors are smart for doing that. The kids are going to be great. Yes, anything can happen. Yes, there's high variance with people who are that young, but he seems to have the right attitude. He has all the physical tools. His shot doesn't look broken. And you have all these development coaches on the Warriors staff at this point. So so yeah, the opportunity is there. And if it doesn't go right, that'll be a shame. But, you know, the Warriors haven't had a dude like this in a really long time. Somebody who's just tough, go get a bucket, straight line drive. And that's going to add an amazing dimension to this team in the next year or two. And Moses Moody, he's a 3 and D guy who already looks like he can just give you 10 minutes. Put him in a lineup with Clay. Jordan Poole on a second unit at some point in the second half of the season. You know, that's a pretty solid shooting lineup. And then it's also just how they balance this roster, right? Like last season was so top heavy and then it just fell off a cliff to a bunch of dudes who weren't really 16 game players. But now you have this mix of the core and then some solid vets and then some really, really promising young guys. I don't, know anyone who wouldn't want that kind of combination of players on your roster (laughs) outside of people who are irrationally saying like i want all stars like one through five (laughs) you know (laughs) i want all stars coming off the bench yeah sure great like that that doesn't really happen but if you're building a roster having basically three hall of famers as your core as your older core, a handful of solid vets, and then some very, very good rookies. I'm sorry. Like, that's awesome. Five. Looking at Steph, Dre, Wiggins, those guys who played last year, it's like, can Steph actually win MVP this year? He won't score as much because hopefully there will be other guys who can score. But if they end up at the top of the Western Conference, then, you know, hey, he has a legit shot at his third MVP. I mean, if the Warriors were in the top four in the Western Conference in this past season, then he might have won it. Jokic had a great season, but, you know, so much of it is based on record, optics, all that stuff. Draymond Green, can he keep it going after the Olympics? He looked like he was in shape. Hopefully he stays in shape. And hopefully, like, the wear and tear doesn't burn him out. Hopefully he doesn't have some crazy injury in the middle of the season. And then Andrew Wiggins, no one's really talked about him over the off season, except to include him in hypothetical trades because of his salary. But he was a bit of an epiphany last season and he's going to be critical next season. Can he improve or can he even stay at that level of consistency that he showed last year on both sides of the ball? When Clay finally does come back, Will Andrew Wiggins actually fit in the way the Warriors brass originally envisioned he would when they traded for him, right? Like that was all the talk before last season. It was like, you get Steph, you get Clay, you get Wiggins, you get Draymond, you get James Wiseman. And that lineup actually sounded pretty good. 
But of course, we never saw that because Clay tore his Achilles. So I really want to see how good that lineup can be. Okay, six. Now, this is where I get into general NBA things. This is one of the best rookie classes we've seen in years, potentially. And I mean, I personally just love matchups and watching Kid Cunningham play against Jalen Green. Like, I love that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be super curious to see how all these guys develop. And I'm not just talking about like the top four or five guys that everyone has been hyping up for a long time. I mean, this draft goes relatively deep, right? Yes, you have Cade, you have Jalen Green, Jalen Suggs, Mobley, Scotty Barnes even, and of course, <laughs> our own Jonathan Kaminga. But I mean, even someone like Trey Murphy, who we talked about before, that guy looks good. I'm also very curious about someone like Zaire Williams, who I think has a ton of potential. Cam Thomas, that dude fell to the nets. <laughs> and he averaged 27 points in summer league. Yes, it's summer league, but that was like the top scoring average all summer. I mean, you have a team with KD, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and then on your bench, you add Patty Mills. And then this guy could just score like crazy. I mean, I also want to see how people like Chris Duarte, Davion Mitchell, Corey Kispert. I'm just curious to see how these guys end up. Seven, all the trade chatter, right? Like the Sixers and Ben Simmons, are they going to trade him before the season? And if not, that's going to be the most fascinating dumpster fire I've seen in a long time. And then you have Portland and Dame. How long is that going to last? And then you have Bradley Beal, who I personally think won't get traded. I mean, we talked about this last time. The Wizards made enough moves to keep them in legit playoff contention. And as long as they're in the six to eight range most of the season, I think he'll be happy, happy enough to feel like they're building something there or that they're making some progress for him not to demand a trade, right? Like he seems like somebody who inherently would prefer to stay. So it would take a lot more than usual to push him out the door. And then eight, the league is wide open. You know, there is no one team that everybody assumes is going to win. Like when the Warriors played during the dynasty. Yes, a lot of folks say the Nets are the team to beat, but we got to see what the Warriors look like. We got to see what the Lakers look like. There's some really, really good teams. And it's not just like a bunch of meh, mediocre teams at the top. So you have the Warriors, Lakers, Nets, the Bucks. They should get that championship bump where they have way more confidence and they're still up there. The Suns, they're on the up and up as long as Chris Paul doesn't fall off a cliff. And then you have the Jazz, a model of consistency during the regular season, if not the playoffs. And then you have teams like the Dallas Mavericks and the Hawks and the Nuggets. You know, those teams are all really young and those teams are all rising. So there's going to be some battles. There's going to be some battles at the top of this whole thing. And plus, the East isn't necessarily terrible anymore. So there's a little bit more parity. And when I say parity, it's because a lot of teams are good, not because a lot of teams are like, eh, shrug your shoulders. Okay, reason nine, the NBA is going back to a normal schedule, which means, knock on wood, fewer injuries, more rest, and... 
hopefully more health when it comes time for the playoffs. The past two seasons have been the weirdest, obviously, but now teams can get back into their normal rhythms. Hopefully nothing happens to change that, but that will just make the league more competitive and better to watch. And then 10, this isn't necessarily like that great of a reason, just an observation, but correct me if I'm wrong. NBA fandom is way more active and triggered than ever, right? I think largely because people have been at home. There's a lot of pent up angst, anxiety, and anger. So a lot of it comes out online, on Twitter, on social media. (laughs) There's so much pent up rage. I mean, we've seen it on Warriors Twitter during the off season. Hopefully that gets mitigated a little bit by fans actually being able to go to games and by people interacting with other people more so that they're not just sitting there in front of screens (laughs) yelling at their screens, if you know what I mean. But regardless, like people are amped, you know? And that will make for some pretty interesting, maybe (laughs) weird interactions during the season. I mean, there may be some cool stuff. There may be some really like, you know, negative stuff out there, but it's just something to keep an eye on. It's just a reality of the situation, right? Anyway, I'm super stoked for next season. Like, I think it's like two months away and I just can't believe it because of course the NBA season is year round at this point. Anyway, that is another episode of the Oakland Warriors podcast. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Patrick Epino, E-P-I-N-O, or at Oakland Warriors. Check us out at OaklandWarriors.com. And be sure to tell your fellow Warrior fan friends to tune in and listen. The Oakland Warriors podcast is produced by National Film Society, and you can soon listen, maybe watch some of these episodes on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash National Film Society. So go there, subscribe, all that stuff. And lastly, the Oakland Warriors podcast is a part of the Basketball Podcast Network. That's it. Music in this episode provided by Paper Sun. Special thanks to Paul Amardo for production support. See you next time, and go Dubs. Go Dubs.